0: Welcome to the Industry Born Podcast. I'm Colin Reichart, your host, and today we'll be covering almost anything related to cannabis. Uh, so, Autumn, thank you. Thank you again for joining the, the Industry Born Podcast. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure meeting you. Uh, I, I know that you've been involved in the cannabis, the cannabis industry for quite some period of time, and I think, you know, what I'd like to do is kind of get a little background. Why cannabis and how? I mean we all have kind of a crazy cannabis starting story <laughs> i know i do
1: we do. we definitely do um so yeah i would say although i didn't grow up with it i'm kind of second generation my dad went to jail in mexico for smuggling in the Ooh. 70s before i was born um, and fast forward to when i was about Um, I've been doing this about 18 years. And so I started, um, I started growing initially. Um, I was a young single mom trying to figure out how to make it stay home with my kid at the same time. Um, and I had a lot of friends that had attended UC Berkeley and basically what I saw was, um, they, they were all growing in their garages at that time and, you know, kind of started asking questions and got a lot of pushback about, you know, there weren't many female growers at that point in time, uh, especially not in Oakland, California. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I bugged my brother who was also growing for about six months and he brought me a tray of wrap and like about six or eight analog ballasts and I, I built out my garage. I, made friends with the guys at the local hydro store and off I went. So, um I was successful in my first run, got a pound and a half a light, which was really good back then.
0: That's a, that's awesome, especially for that time frame.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah,
0: good good, good for you.
1: Thanks. Um Yeah, so I um, you know, houses became more houses. Uh they those eventually turned into warehouses. Um, integrated with some dispensaries down south, and and partnered up, and then I started kind of a small uh, local construction crew just by default of having so many grows, um, and then we started kind of fixing other people's projects, and so that's how I got I got started and I got into it, and that span lasted for about ten years before I entered the quote unquote legal market. <laughs>
0: Right. They, the, the, it was the We quads,
1: caregivers and it was, yeah, just yeah, yeah. A, you
0: had all your cards. I know like, that's what I started the same, right? started the same way. I had my, I did all the California things you're required to do. And, and, uh, um, yeah. you know, but you still, still had to watch over your shoulder because, you know, especially down in San Diego, where I was at, they were starting and stopping like, Oh, this is the new rules. Do it this way. And everything's going to be cool. Everybody would do it that way. And they come in and go, yeah, we're changing that. Everybody shut down, start over again. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So it was kind of crazy. Did you have to yeah. go through any of that? Did you have to deal with, uh, oh, you know,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we moved with it, right? So it would be yeah. like one twenty would light up a ninety nine plant limit, and everyone would move there, and then it yeah. shut down <laughs> a year later, and then you're moving somewhere else. And so my kids like <laughs> traumatized from going to so many different schools. And- so many different <laughs> schools.
0: <laughs> uh, it makes them tougher, man. It makes them tougher.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: guess. I don't know. How, how old is you? Yeah. You, you have one kid or two.
1: I have one son. He's 18. He just, 18. Oh, yeah, good for you. SFSU. Um, and he's a engineering student.
0: Oh, good for him. Nice. Um, uh, my, my boys, uh, uh, my, my oldest just graduated, uh, a couple years ago from Chico. He's got an accounting, uh, uh, finance degree. And my youngest son is going to, um, Chico as well, and he's getting his uh, computer science degree, and my daughter is uh, pre med, so um, we don't know when she's gonna be done.
1: <laughs> we didn't put him through too much.
0: Jeez, <laughs> so, man, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, I, I, I mean, I kind of had a period there where I was um, when I started. I was single dad and had to go through all that crap, and um, it was tough. And then building in a business like this, you know, where you're, um, I was working full time corporate you know, and, uh, and it just, it just, and actually, you know what, I tried growing and I did okay at it, but I just really wasn't very good. My brother can grow, like he can grow anything. Like if it's got, if it comes out of the dirt, that kid will make it work. Right. I I just, I I could kill anything just as quickly. So uh, I I found out that I was much better with mechanics and machines. So, um, but I, I just finally got that point where I was like, Hey, I gotta go this way. You know, I was working for, uh, I think a Hewlett Packard at Sorry, HP.
1: what your corporate job was. That's interesting. Yeah, I was
0: an IT guy, uh, yeah. and I did actually government contracting. Um, okay. So yeah, yeah, that was my that was my my shtick back in the day. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. yeah. So here and here we are. Look at that, CEOs. What the hell? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a title I never thought I'd have.
0: Was that right? Yeah, I just <laughs> didn't understand what it meant. <laughs>
1: This is probably why.
0: <laughs> yeah, I kind of thought about it, but yeah, you know, I had like I always looked at like when I was in corporate, you would you know we would get the the updates on what's going on with the company, and it's like all this shit. I'm like, I don't really give a fuck what they're talking about. I guess I should have paid more attention, but uh, now I care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like
1: you should have paid attention more. <laughs>
0: That's right. So how are, how are you how is the business doing for you? I mean, it, the cannabis is obviously completely changed, right? And 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 what you do is. Uh, has become, I mean, this, the scale of what's going on uh, in your market space. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, it's been um, quite a journey. So coming from, you know, growing in our garages and then warehouses, um, I started working up in Canada when they first federally legalized their process. And that was kind of my introduction to large scale facility build outs. Um, And then at that time, about eight or nine years ago there was no cannabis construction companies now it's like if you throw a rock you'll hit one (laughs) but at the time there wasn't any so we were kind of like pioneers in that space um through my company cultivo and grew that company um we worked in about you know 20 states and three different countries and we built so we became um we did architectural design and mechanical design, um, electrical plumbing for uh, large scale grows and build outs of greenhouses and indoor facilities. We later added labs and then, um, uh, you know, now we do farm planning for outdoor as well. Uh, wow. so kind of a one-stop shop for just the plan sets. Um, we also did some application work and, um, but we did less of that, less of that now. And then we, uh, we do construction management, so when you're kind of putting these plans in action, you want to make sure the general contractor is following the plans to spec and not kind of beelining and doing their own thing, which is right. very common in the trades. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I did that for the last eight, nine years, and now I am uh, starting another company up north. So we have a manufacturing and processing facility, uh, and we're attempting to scale solventless. So oh, wonderful. Yeah. So time. are you
0: working? Are you working with a con with a with a known, uh, uh, or or are you kind of inventing a solventless uh, kind of extraction
1: type? Of thing? Uh, we are. We got the uh, Whistler machine, the WT two thousand. So okay. it's the largest, um, I think, commercially available extraction machine. I think it took about a year and a half to build. Um, comes out of uh, Whistler, Canada, and so we're just landing that equipment and, and okay. My what, director, my director of manufacturing, um, Adam Moody, he used to work at um, Lowell's and was their director of manufacturing. So he actually built a similar machine um, from scratch. And so, you know, rather than dealing with all the components and so, what kind up, of
0: extraction is it? If you don't mind saying,
1: oh, it's it's cold water extraction. Cold I water, saw. okay. Yeah, solventless um, cold water extraction.
0: So that's really cool. So that's a completely different venture. I mean, not completely different in some respects, but definitely uh, definitely a different look. I mean, to to go from managing build-outs and facilities to actually getting into the business of, uh, of, um, you know, production.
1: Yeah, I mean, I found that because we do the construction management and the final commissioning of all equipment, you know, I really became the person that, uh, my clients called if, you know, their irrigation system wasn't working and if they're on the East Coast, that call may come in at four in the morning or, you know, Canada time or whatever it was. So I was always fixing things, fine tuning things, figuring out how to get them to work effectively. Um, yeah, by nature of that, you know, it became part of like staff augmentation. This person doesn't know how to use these systems. We need to find somebody that does. And really, it, it became building businesses. And so um I, you know, I kind of turned around and and said, well, we can just do this on our own. (laughs) And uh COVID hit and I was working in um, you know, a couple different countries and a few different states at the time. And I was on a plane every single week and then everything just stopped. And um I had, you know, everyone working from home and um had a lot of time to think about you know, what my next move was going to be and what I wanted, like construction still went crazy. Like the trades were yeah really busy during COVID. Um, but I move all projects in parallel. And so I'll start, you know, three or four projects or up to eight at the same time. And our projects last anywhere from a year and a half to three years, depending on what they are. You know, if you're taking them all the way through licensing to build out from, you know, a ground up facility, it's easily a three-year project. If they've got their license, they're an existing TI. You know, best case scenario, you could be in and out in a year and a half. So I had all these big projects kind of finish at the same time, um, which gave me the ability to go. Do I want to take on another three years of eight projects, or you know? And I and, and the answer was kind of no. You know, so um, yeah, I moved up north, and
0: <laughs> you're settling never, down. Is that what's happening?
1: Never. Um, <laughs> 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 slowing I was like I'm slowing down but then I don't really slow down I still stack my plate with everything I can
0: yeah yeah. well I mean it's, a, it's like it's a character flaw if you ask me and that's what we do right you just keep adding shit to your plate You're like I, I could do that yeah why not I'll do that too whatever the
1: town's <clears> the <throat> world around me is slower I'm not in LA anymore so
0: yeah, those things are yeah. slower
1: which is nice but um, now I'm still working 80 hours a week
0: I, I mean, I love that part of the country, Northern California.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, up basically anything north of San Francisco, uh, to me is magical territory, um, yeah. and uh, really, really love it. Um, been, been try. I try to go out there as often as I can. It's not as often as it as it used to be, but um, because we've definitely grown up out of the out of the uh, just being servicing one area of the country. You know, that's where we started. Obviously, the Emerald Triangle, and and so you kind of. You know, I used to drive up there all the time, and I had a, I had a truck I drove up there, and then I had an RV I drove up there, and then, you know, you're doing all this work in that one area, so I got real familiar with yeah. it. Um, you know, I love it up there. I really, really do, but, um, Where are you-, you know, now I'm out here in Vegas, so. Oh, you're
1: in Vegas. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's definitely not the same.
1: <laughs> totally different, but still I yeah.
0: Vegas. Everything here is dead and dry. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you won't pull any crazy. plants. <laughs>
0: yeah I'm not I can I don't grow them anyway so it doesn't matter (laughs) that's right so um as long as I stay uh you know stay productive I think is key to me to keep keep things moving and 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 feel you know accomplished or whatever but that's exciting a change like that but that's a big deal I mean you're not gonna leave your construction business alone are you
1: no I have um some of my guys that I've I have the same guys that i work with like over 10 years um so they Mm. handle the day-to-day it's definitely slowed down we're more selective with projects um and what we take on but yeah we're still finishing some things up and uh taking on a few new things but really this is my primary focus right now
0: well good for you that's exciting are you are you nervous about it at all because i mean you know i mean once you do this once it seems like it's, it's a lot easier to get over like the basic hurdles but this is a completely different venture.
1: Yeah, it's different in the sense like it's all stuff that I've done before. However, when it's yours, you you have a different connection to it, you know, and you
0: yeah, you
1: empathize with your clients more all those years where yeah. you know you're kind of like hey it takes as long as it takes i can't get the building department to respond I keep calling them but you know now i'm knocking on the building department's window at, at 7 a.m on monday morning <laughs> I,
0: i've been waiting for like four months for a gas line to be hooked up in in my rental home
1: yeah. <laughs> building anything during covid is, is not fun for anybody you just
0: you just can't help the government do anything, man. They just fucking take their time. Yeah,
1: I don't care if you're a billion-dollar construction company or like a yeah. store. <laughs> Nothing's moving fast right now.
0: <laughs> no, you walk in there and you're like, wow, this is just like the fucking library or or the DMV. It's like they whatever they put in the air, it's like yeah. slow dust. Yeah. Everybody's just like, whoa, man. There's was
1: that cartoon. Um, <laughs> I think it. I forget what it was, but it had sloths working in the DMV and everything. Slotted. Yeah. You know, yeah. like a bunch of slots, Like that's what I see when I go into building departments.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: Uh, I I end up paying somebody to go do that, right? I go to one of those services now because yeah. uh, then I don't have to do anything. I pay them an exorbitant amount of money, mm-hmm. but I think to myself, you know, okay, that's okay. I
1: I, <laughs> I don't have to go there. Yeah, the expediter's are good.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't have to deal with those people anymore. Yeah. So, so this project's gonna. When are you gonna be? Uh, I mean, you've obviously broken ground. You've got some equipment on the way. Tell me more about it. I mean, this. Is, yeah. I mean, like I, said, I mean, one of the things is like I think what people miss and 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 they don't really understand is like I think you said some things earlier about like you know one to three year projects. And we talk about this with people like you know they we sell machines so they're like oh I want to get my machine but we want a machine that does X I'm like that's a different that's not tomorrow that's not on a shelf somewhere because it just takes time they're like ah, oh, i don't you yeah, know why you know it's like well it, it, these projects are huge i mean it takes a lot of energy to, to run something from the beginning all the way through to completion
1: yeah and knowing that and knowing the supply chain issues that are happening i think we ordered all of our equipment you know a year prior to us even swinging a hammer or doing any kind of build out We've been in the application oh, process for 18 months here. We're in a small county called Lake County in Northern California.
0: I know Lake County well.
1: And um, <laughs> they're, they're not known for expediting anything. Um, so, yeah, we've been in the application process for 18 months. We've had three different planners started over mm. three different times. Out of all the states and countries I've worked in, this has by far been the most difficult Process and the I because it's mine, right? I'm like, oh yes. yeah,
0: yeah. For 18
1: years, I'm a pro now. I'm gonna go in there and we're gonna be up really fast. No, it didn't happen. Knock it out. They Literally <laughs> shut down their building department for like seven months, and you could not even get a question uh, responded to.
0: We were up there with the fire, so we did a, a response up there, um, and when they when that fire came through, and it looked like they carpet bombed, you know, because uh, it was like one house, it'd be like dust, dust, house dust dust house you yeah, know it's fire like,
1: does that yeah
0: yeah like just why didn't just burn the whole thing but it was crazy man that was that was crazy and that was a couple years in a row where they had massive fires in the same area yeah <clears throat> i think it'd probably be like that for a while because the droughts and shit but
1: yeah i think 60 percent uh, of this county is burned in the last you know 10 years or something like that
0: that's that's amazing it's an amazing uh number yeah. you know to, to have that kind of Trauma to a community and, and yet people are still there and they love it. And,
1: yeah,
0: and uh, one of my one of my guys lives up there um, uh, Brian Childs He's one of my one of my guys has been with me the longest um, one of my sales guys love him. Yeah um, He loves the area too, And of course, you know, I love the area Like I said, it's one of the most beautiful places in the country um, I wish I would when I start first start going there it rained a lot more. It'd be nice <laughs> You know, you go through drive up the 101 and and it would be just fogged out and misty and raining you're like, oh, this is, this is amazing. And the trees are 9,000 feet tall and you're like, this is, there's nothing like this. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully that'll come back. Um, and we work with those guys up there, the cookies guys and all those guys up there and that, that whole corridor was like the beginning corridor. So I don't know, I'm going off on a little tangent here, but it was so, so amazing. So congratulations to you to be actually starting a wonderful new opportunity, but then the area, my gosh, like, yeah.
1: It's, yeah. it's a great area. We are, so we have um, this business here that I'm at right now is called Alchemy 29, and um, we have 67,000 square feet across about seven different buildings. Um, so we rehabbed an old plastics factory. Um, they used to do like rotational molding for like musical equipment and tools and stuff, so really? like Pelican cases. Um, so we're rehabbing this facility. Uh, for our use and um, we also have a, a large scale drying facility about 50,000 square feet is allocated towards drying and curing um, uh, good for you in northern California is that a lot of cultivators you know they did spend all year growing their product in optimal conditions and great genetics and good fertilizers and then they'd cut it down and throw it in a barn or like cook it <laughs> in a hoop house or however like nobody had drying i talked to all these farmers they're like yeah i'm starting this multi-acre farm or i'm doing you know five acres over here whatever it was like what's your plan for drying and they're like yeah we'll figure it out <laughs>
0: yeah what like the plan for what yeah. it dries off it just dries it's cool don't worry about it a, you know, that we've seen, I see that, but I mean, I saw that when I started in Colorado, we, we would go, and we would see these massive indoor facilities, and they're like, well, where do you dry And it's like, oh, well, we had a couple feet left at the top of the broom in the warehouse, so we have it up there. And they're like, people are crawling on hands and knees to hang plants. I'm like, what? <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> yeah. you, God, you just didn't quite think this one out, you know, yeah. could have saved yourself a lot of pain and suffering. Yeah. Make a better product, by the way, just so you know.
1: Yeah, there's right? some investor behind that spreadsheet, like, going, okay, how many flowering lights do I need to meet? After? Yeah, oh, I don't any yeah. room for drawing. Let's just keep going with more flower. Yeah, just, just make more. Yeah.
0: Don't worry about it. Just make more. <laughs> it's You know, we saw that, and we see that still. I mean, we still see very poor planning in some areas, yeah. and, and, um, and it's really interesting to see it, especially with the market being as mature as it is to see companies not have, you know, enough space for drying and processing. And it's, you know, uh, we build all of our equipment on wheels so that that can be, you know, because you, companies don't plan well enough or they don't want to set aside permanent space yep. uh, for processing, right? So you can move our equipment around and kind of set it up on each other. But um, that that's a reaction to a problem that shouldn't exist. <laughs>
1: yeah no exactly so when we when we built this facility or we're, we're in the process of building it right now um I'm waiting on building permits but when we're planning this facility we got all of our equipment ordered in advance um, the space allocated with enough serviceable area and just make a really comfortable workspace for people um, i spent a lot of time in facilities where they were like let's add 500 lights in one dry room. Like this doesn't work. (laughs) So um, yeah, we'll do actually third-party drying. We can go to the farm, pick up material, dry it here, process it. Um, We can either bag it, tag it, put it in a bottle, or we can move it into solventless, um, which can then be either moved into a dabble product or uh, we do pre-rolls, vape pens, and infused pre-rolls. And those are the, the basic SKUs that we're launching with.
0: That's what you're gonna launch out with. That's great. I mean, pre-roll market's astounding, so makes a lot of sense. What are you doing? Do you have a, a product for your pre-rolls? Are You guys gonna knockbox it or?
1: We're roll pros. Roll pros. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I work with Kyle. I know Kyle well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a good, he's a good guy. Um, nice, cool little machine, and that style is cool. It's a little bit different for the marketplace. So good. Congratulations on that.
1: Yeah, makes sense. That's, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Get it commissioned once we have our license. It's sitting in a, yeah, (laughs) is that right? (laughs) Yeah. So I will, I will report back how we like it, but, um, yeah.
0: Well, that's, I mean, at least you have it because I mean you hate to be stuck behind the eight ball and not have it, especially right now with the, with the, you know, like you said, supply chain, we, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen and, and, um, you know, uh, a lot of equipment is getting stuck, and you don't know if it's gonna get stuck, it just does, and you're like, well, what the hell happened with that? Why is that, you know, why am I in this situation? Yeah. We find ourselves, we've launched a couple new products, and we find ourselves stuck there. Like, <clears throat> the plan is, this is launch day, and I get pre-orders, to get people excited, and then, just gonna stop. And you're like, oh fuck, you know? Yeah. It's, it's tough to be in that situation, because you got customers going, yeah. hey man, paid my money, you know, so we, we, uh, we've mitigated some of that. We've been very fortunate because we have good relationships, which is supply chain management yeah. and, and stuff like that, which, which I know you're totally familiar with, with, with all the construction you have to do. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that it's one of those things like it's, it's hit everybody. It's hit us hard because we're a manufacturing company. So I'm sure, you know, you guys have experienced it. Now you say you've experienced it on both ends. So sorry, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry that you had to deal with it on both ends, but yeah. What else you got going on? I mean, that's busy. That's a lot. Is that it? I mean, that's...
1: Um, yeah, we have... We're licensing three additional farms up here right now. Okay. Um, so those will play into this facility as well. So we'll be growing our own flower. Um, and partner... My business partner is Shord Brooks, uh, who start helped start Wilcox Farm and Sunday Goods in Arizona. He's worked with... He's been growing and, and running genetics and been a breeder for like 30 years, so... Uh, he's very experienced in cultivation. Um, so he's running all of our cultivation efforts uh, across these three different farms that are in a very different Appalachians, but still all around the lake. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And yeah, we're trying to find a way to work with small farmers because we're in this major downturn of our market. Yeah. And they're really the ones that are going out of business first and it's affecting everybody across the board, big players, small players, and everyone in between. Um, but my hope for this facility is that we can partner with small farmers around the area that are, um, you know, having issues with processing and that we can create through automation of our equipment and process, uh, lower cogs than any other processing facility for solventless. So it can give a pathway to kind of stay in business where, um, you know, I'm, I'm seeing huge companies still using knock boxes, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. you know, um, yeah. well,
0: I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, answers in that regard have been rush market jobs. And they're just not really, yeah. um, they're just not really where you want them to be. Yeah. And, and, you know, the problem with the pre-roll is it, you know, it's finicky, Yeah. you know, and you can't just, you can't just go at it sloppy. Um, you know, and people are going out of sloppy to go fast and, and you get a subpar product and and it's just, you know, it's it's not good for anybody, but it's good to hear that you're going to be reaching out. I mean, we love that area. Obviously we talk about that, but I mean, I was up there a couple months ago talking to just the farmers and going through that, that, that massive crush they've had to experience because of the market drop. And, you know, when you're talking about, you know, $300, $350 a pound, even outdoors, uh, you know, it's unsustainable with what these guys pay their, their, their teams, you know, yeah. it's just amazing to me that, 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 um, that anybody's left in business when it's all said and done, because it's been so tight. There's a couple of companies I know that are doing kind of, you know, trying to figure that out and reaching out and trying to help the community. So I'm really glad to hear that you're going to be a part of that. And we're happy to be a part of that. We've brought, we've brought equipment up into the area. We've Created opportunities for people to be able to have uh, short-term access to it, uh, better pricing on it, and stuff like that. So we're happy to help and support you guys in that effort because we just, you know, the community is 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 home sweet home in some respects. It's kind of where we we cut our teeth. Yeah. Um, so I mean, if you're interested, we'd lo- love to ta- talk further with you about it. But um, you know, because I, I think that that's a massive need in that area. And I, th- you know, we talked to we've we've been talking with a couple of business partners and and it's always been kind of like. Obviously, equipment doesn't make sense for everybody, but in the market that it used to be, everybody had to have equipment. Well, that's changed a little bit, and we'd like to see, you know, we'd like to be involved in maybe some facilities every so many miles. You know what I mean? So that you can, where you where you can rent it, where you can rent and use on a, on a much more uh, achievable basis. And may, I don't, we're not interested in doing final product necessarily, but. Um, you know, prepping for storage or, or, or what's next, you know, cause our, our equipment isn't um, our equipment is kind of um, ends right now at uh, sizing sorting. Right? right. I mean, we do have some, some other stuff on the way, but
1: <clears throat> you know,
0: so I'm a big fan. I love that. I'm really, I'm really happy to hear yeah. that you guys are doing that. love for, to
1: have for. you up when we start um, commissioning and putting everything into action here. Um, we've been in touch with Lease a lot from from Green Vault getting the uh the drawing machine and everything yeah running. Yeah. Um so I'm not sure when that's landing, but I think it's soon. Uh, yeah. yeah, so we're just uh we're kind of in our, our application limbo right now. Um but hopefully we'll have more updates on that in the next few weeks and I'm hoping to to move the process yeah. faster than it has been. So we're ready to go. Oh. Like All our plans are done. I'm just waiting for that <laughs> that yeah. license. And then I'm marching down to the building department the same day to put in our plans. So,
0: Wow. Isn't that crazy? Have everything ready and standing in line. Yeah.
1: Or no <laughs> the reason. The opposite, usually. <laughs> you get the license and they're like, we need all of this tomorrow. And they call you. Right. Say, hey, can you get this in 24 hours? You're like, uh, maybe 24 months.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. It's pretty crazy that that it's kind of turned that way. Yeah. Um, I, I still, I, I think, you know, I, I wonder what's going to happen with that market up there. I think about that, uh, but Oregon went through this, you know, not not but a couple of years ago, you know, um, where the market completely collapsed. And um, yep, I think I have some other stuff going on. <laughs> it's
1: yeah, it's it would, be, it, would be, it would be devastating to see the Emerald Triangle go away unfortunately yeah um you know mendocino can't get out of their own way uh lake county is really trying um i think but but there's you know different players that are trying to shut it down or keep it going and and so you're constantly it's just like moving with those plant count limits like license holders yeah. are having to move around to what makes sense i know a lot of stuff is opening up in the desert area um but
0: it turns out you can grow weed everywhere.
1: <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> Not everywhere, but
0: not everywhere, but you know, <laughs> you'd be surprised where, where, where you, where we see people like, well, why would you do that? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it's crazy that the indoor market ha- has so eclipsed, you know, the outdoor market when that was magic, like the Emerald triangle was, was it like, if you, if you, wanted to experience cannabis at all, like, you know, or yeah. you got the best. It always came from there. Right. In that triangle. Right. And it was always outdoor, yeah. you know, sun grown. It was always outdoor or, or greenhouse, but it wasn't, it yeah. was rarely ever indoor and now indoor, like the, like the facilities you build for the indoor is astounding the amount of money and energy and effort that has to go into these facilities yeah. um, to make them function. And then the price per gram is, it, you know, has to be sustainable. Yeah. And that's driving down farther and farther too. So, yeah. you know, it's getting—it's just a crush on it. It's going to be tough. The market will settle, but it's yeah. tough right now. I
1: mean, we've been working really hard at at tax reform. I've kind of become this part-time lobbyist in addition to oh,
0: good for you. what I'm
1: doing. Um, and I think we will get tax reform. in in, in there's four bills currently um, that have have been introduced, and two of them, from what I understand, are tax neutral which means they eliminate the cultivation tax, but they just push the same taxes down the line to like the excise tax. So it's really not tax reform. It just creates cultivation, which is our highest price point right now at the state level. I think it's $167 a pound. So if people are selling it for 300 and in some cases I'm hearing like 150, you know, it
0: that's, that's a net loss.
1: And um, so if we get tax reform, I think we will be able to compete with, um, you know, kind of the illicit market that's popped up with, uh, you know, thousands. well, this is what
0: I think what people don't understand is, you know, like I'm a manufacturing, so I don't pay taxes on goods that I buy. I manufacture and then sell goods and my people don't pay taxes when they buy them from me, they sell goods and then they pay taxes. Right, once, yeah. <laughs> you know, one time,
1: <laughs> cultivation, just <laughs> Dis- yeah, retail. I mean, customer like,
0: yeah, it is so yeah. antithetical to business. It is the most uh, aggressively anti-business stance that there can possibly yeah. be, and when you, when they looked at it initially, everybody thought, and I I know they did, they went, Oh money. Yay. We can just take as much as we fucking want to. We'll take some here and we'll take some there. And because they thought there was just so much of it and people who don't earn money and they work in government and they get their money from other people, they don't understand that there's livelihoods and people behind these things. And those people aren't you know they're not billionaires, and they never have been. Like for a while, cannabis was exceptionally profitable in the outdoor arena, but it's not. It hasn't been for quite some time. Um, but but to punish them to the point <laughs> to make them legal, why would you ever be legal
1: yeah.
0: and pay that penalty? Yeah. Like it's just so so asinine to me that the government and the government did it to themselves. I mean, they said we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be the legal guys. We're gonna go down this road, and they. Totally screwed the system yeah. and and made it so anti-business. It's unbelievable. I, I mean, it's
1: similar. To, I hope uh,
0: you can get something done because that w- that would alleviate a lot of it.
1: I I think that you we know. will. Um, and it's it's whether or not we can get the votes. the The bill that I like the most may not garner <clears throat> the votes and support. Um, and at the end of the day, you need the Senate to pass it. So it, it you know, I'm I'm still going through and figuring out my exact position and which bill we're going to back. Um, but two of them are, are pretty good. And, and you do see tax, tax reform and tax reduction, but yeah, why would illicit market enter a market that you need, you know, at least $10 million to enter and then you don't make anything. So yeah, it, it really doesn't make sense. It's anti-business. It's anti-American. It's it's anti the will of the people, you know, that voted this yeah, in. Yeah. And at the end of the line, there's a patient sitting there at a dispensary that may be immunocompromised. Yeah. And, you know, people that are immunocompromised aren't the workhorses of our society. Like, you know, there's right. sick people trying to get medicine. And we're like, okay, let's tax it up to 75% and then give it to somebody that's that's, um, that's right. Ill.
0: And then every, you know, plus everybody's making profit on the way up. And, and so, you know, and all, it always comes down to the, you know, it always comes down to farming. Yeah. And that's why we have such subsidies for farming in this country anyways, because the farmer, the producer always gets the short end of the stick. Yeah. And, and, and as soon as they made that rule, I was just like, Oh my God, this is just going to, it's going to go for a while. Cause there's so much money, but it's just can't be sustained. There's no possible way that you can charge a, you know,
1: yeah.
0: a per pound tax. To somebody who's producing you know to somebody who's actually got their hands in the dirt yeah. right it doesn't make sense it can't be sustainable and your
1: tax, and, either um, way like your licensing tax um at the cultivation level like we had three farms that didn't run last year we paid hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes for farms that weren't yeah even running and there's no way
0: they didn't tax. even they didn't even produce if you
1: stop it you lose your license so you have to pay the tax no matter what just for the licensing fee. And then you pay a per pound tax on top of those licensing fees. So... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Are you sure you want to be in this business? I mean...
1: (laughs) I'm not selling it. This isn't great. (laughs) No, I mean, what what it comes down to is it is... It is um, going towards large scale agriculture and people that can produce for $25 a pound or $50 a pound are still going to make it, but it will wipe out the Emerald triangle. So my hope is with investing in the right equipment, investing in technology, getting your cogs as low as they can possibly be, and then working with really high quality farmers. I still really believe that there will be a farm to table model where patients want to know that their cannabis is coming from the Emerald Triangle. Um, so if I can gather enough small producers together with this yeah. kind of automated technology and our experience and backgrounds, then we are a big company without
0: having yeah. to be
1: a big company. So I'm in the kind of the co-op model <laughs> right now.
0: Yeah, no, that's right. And and we, you know, I, I agree with you that that's how you're going to be able to, um, you know 100% how you're going to be able to save it up there. The other option, I mean the other opportunity is um which is unfortunately like we're so fucking far behind in this country on this. You know, uh Canada's selling to Europe. Um is selling fucking Colombia is selling to Europe. I know. Ah, give me a break, man. And we I worked in
1: Colombia for for uh, a little while.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean it's beautiful. It's good for them. I mean, but that, but they they're doing that kind of work, you know. South America is like hemp, cannabis. All right, let's go all in. Sell it to the, everybody else. We don't care. And they're doing it the right way. And the United States, we're standing up here in in our in our in this place where we could be the global leader. You know, we should be. The, we should absolutely be the global leader. Um, and you know, and and honestly, uh, the market for uh, humble cannabis could be global powerhouse right you know it still has that magic to it right so i mean you could price it if you could market it but you can't even freaking market it in the state next door who's legal by the way you know (laughs) like this is this is completely and then we're going to tax the shit out of it so let's let's just make this as difficult as we can for everybody and uh because there's plenty of money don't worry about it there's always plenty of money and and that's the big lie that that i think politicians get caught in it's like oh well we can just tax more yeah We can't just tax more. At some point in time, it runs out. You can't, you know, I'm going to decide that I can't do it anymore. Or you're going to decide that you can't do it anymore. And there's going to be hundreds of other people who do the same, make the same decisions. Like this is not something that's sustainable and you're going to lose all of that, right? All that history. The
1: problem with politics and sometimes business in general is they don't realize they've lost until the race is over. And we're seeing a little bit of that now where in the county that I'm in, we were talking to the tax assessor and he was basically like, well, we haven't seen a dip in tax revenue because as many people drop off, there's still new applications coming in. And I'm like, you don't think they're going to experience the same thing. And then eventually, like, there won't be any new applications. You know, (laughs) you're standing on 3 failed farms. You're not going to be like, let's give it a go. Like, (laughs) egos only go so far, right?
0: That's a pretty acidine statement. That's like, I I remember the Fed chairman, Alan Greenspan. He was, I was watching this fucking guy, and he's like, well, the United States will never have a problem paying back its debts because we can always print more money. What? In the
1: <laughs> what? Pretty,
0: You're the head of the Federal Reserve? Right. Oh my God!
1: Pretty sure Fort Knox is empty. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure it's empty too. <laughs> it looks like every other fucking thing out there. Oh my God! I can't believe it. That's so. It, it, it's such a weird concept. Like, but, but you know, and I think the biggest problem is that most people don't understand what it is to own and operate and do a business, right? They go, Oh, look at all the money you make. Yeah. Dude, do you have any fucking idea how hard I work? Do you have any idea how much care and energy and time and effort? Do you know how many people I take care of? Do you know how many, how much of the things that I have to worry about and the things that keep me up? You don't have a fucking clue. And all you know is how to spend the money that I learned how to make.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I do think that the state is seeing that though. They're seeing applications just not be renewed. Um, but it's gonna take a couple years before they see this dip. It's just starting to dip. Yep. Like here, people are like, you know, the sky's basically falling, and the state's like, right. we're not right. sure yet. And the the issue with yeah. this industry, especially in in California, because i I've, I've worked in a lot of states, and you go into building departments there, or you go into um, work with fire or the sheriff's office or anything. And they, they're like, Oh, you've done this before. And they welcome you with open arms. And they're like, let's work together. Let's collaborate. Um, you know, how do I make this C1D1, you know, safe, or how do I, you know, and they work with you. This is really a, like, we're going to close the doors and keep all the cannabis people out and we're going to create our own policy. And that's where you get bad policy because they're not including the operators in the conversation at all.
0: That's correct. Right. um,
1: I haven't seen that anywhere else. It's,
0: it's, well, it's California's attitude in general and sorry to call out California, but their attitude in general is, you know, very anti uh, business because it's a bunch of people, bureaucrats who don't understand. They, they, the only businesses that are successful in are the ones that are handed to them, yeah. right? So they they have an uncle who gave them a contract, and now they have a business that runs the contracts for the state. That's the only businesses they understand. The businesses that are non-competitive, businesses that are, that are uh, you know don't have any any competition at, at all. Don't have any uh, you know they get all this shit handed to them, and then they they are sitting there going, how is it how is it that you're regulating normal business like? Yeah. I get free market capitalism is bloody and I, and I, and I, and I hate some of the competitiveness of it. And I hate, you know, having to be in a wartime stance with people who are trying to steal from me. And I hate all that shit too, but I'd rather have that. I'd rather have that than not, than not have the opportunity to to go out and and be competitive, you know, and go and bid and do things and be a part of the, you know, I, I know that, you must get a feeling of, of, of satisfaction when you are connected to a community. Yeah. We get that way. I and mean, it's like, oh, we work with a big cultivator who's now multi-state. And you're like, ah, that's a connection to a lot of communities. I love that feeling. Like we're helping out in all these different areas. And I think that that's important. You know, that's people being in business, looking for solutions for each other to help each other be successful. Yeah. I don't become successful you know, if people stop buying my equipment because I don't care about them anymore, right? I only become successful if I worry and I'm concerned about their success and what I can do to make their, them get their bottom line where it needs to be. You know, you're talking about guys up th- and we've been worrying about Northern California and just to wrap up this little diatribe, but we're just trying to figure out what can I do? Like, what can I do? They help me. What can I do to help these guys? You know, we're trying to figure out how to get equipment in I, I can't give stuff away. That just doesn't work. But I, I've i got to find a way to do it so that it's it's tenable for everyone. Yeah. It can't just be, you know, it can't just be, uh, you know, oh, I'll, well, I'm gonna go, you're going to get the fucking Green Bros tax, along with all your other taxes. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you guys are suckers. You know, I, I just don't believe in that. And I don't think so, I don't think the business does works that way. And, and you know, you're part of a community. And, and to be a part of a community it means you've got to work in your community and you got to take care of these people they're your people they are our people right they're not and they, they're not just they a bunch am. of ragtag.
1: like I'm hearing right now that you know if you're if you're toll processing on the front which means you're you know you're not paying out of pocket for your toll right away uh, manufacturers are taking up to 70% so on top of their taxes on top of everything else if you want to take it to a third party. You're paying a seventy percent toll on your product. Um, so that,
0: there's got to be a there's got to be a better way. That's you know let's just again it's it's usury. You know,
1: and um, it's it's predatory right now. Um, so yeah. I'm trying to really makes me sick. Understand our numbers and embrace the community around us. And I can't do it for free either. But I know. Yeah. We, 50 70 probably even you know i'd like to get it i think colorado is somewhere around 30 percent um oregon same thing you know so so really getting everything
0: it could be cheaper than that i mean yeah. honestly uh, but it, it takes a little bit of commitment you know yeah. and it takes it, it takes some people with some uh with some commitment to uh yeah. to do that we were working with a company that um they were interested in, in helping us kind of start the, this concept up, this toll processing, if you will. Um, since we're a manufacturer, obviously we, we can do a lot that other people can't do. Right. Um, I can spread my, I can spread my, 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 my machines over a much longer time mm-hmm. and I don't have to pay the heavy upfronts. Right? right. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities for us to do that. And, and, um, and still, hopefully, you know, still you should be able to be, be able to be profitable. Um, within that space I just I just makes me sick to see you know these people that I used to go and they were so vibrant such a great community and they were so they were you know maybe they took it for granted a little bit (laughs) because it was really good for a while but um, you know it's it's still a cultural iconic place like it's it's the birthplace if you will of, of modern cannabis it's it's, that's not going to change.
1: No, know? we have second, yeah. third generation families here that have been cultivating on the same property for for decades. Where are you going to find yeah. that experience anywhere else in the world? It doesn't. Yeah, really you just not exist. Know. You just yeah. There is no other Emerald Triangle anywhere that I can think. Of. Yeah. I mean, there's there's Appalachians and there's cool stuff going on in all types of different countries that have history, but from you know, from the United States standpoint as optimal growing climate um, experience from the people that have been here for generations, uh, I just, you know, we'll fight as hard as we can to not see it erased. And I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm with you on that. I'm I'm 100 percent on board with you on that. So
1: um, and I, you know,
0: if you come up with anything or you think uh, there's got to be some people that are interested. I, I don't know. I talk about it all the time someone's going to reach out. I, I can't do all this stuff my own. Um busy running a company as as you are, but there's got to be something. There's got to be somebody that's willing to uh, you know, be a part of it. Uh, even if they even if I could find somebody to run it, I think I could put together a good enough model. Um, I need a little bit of financial backing, but you don't need a ton, you know. You can make it function pretty quickly and and I think you can make it Um, you know, as long as you're not worried about that, the mega profits, you can make it a, a, you know, good profitable income. Yeah. Uh, that idea is lost too. Everybody's kind of trying to be the next fucking Forbes, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think if you have, like, I've been doing this for 18 years and I can honestly say that I'm a long-term player. I, I don't go on vacation easily. You know, um I'm I'm always at work and I came to the conclusion a few years ago that like I don't do this for the money and I am a lifer. Yeah. I'm gonna be here for the long term. So once that analogy sinks in, um, and we don't have our sights set on becoming a publicly traded company or selling out and making hundreds of millions of dollars, like I think we'll be really successful. But um, I still want to be here in 10 years. And I think that's a big difference from everybody trying to squeeze blood out of the turnip and get out as fast as possible and go by their island and Ferraris and hookers and blow. Like, it's just not my game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like how all those, all those got together on an island. That was really, that was really well put. That's (laughs) kind of how it feels though. You're like, you know, um,
1: I don't know, but. Yeah. Be here. Well, be- I mean,
0: let's be realistic. You know, it, it, that's the perception of, of in the industry is that, uh, that that's that's how we live. You know, if you're, oh, you're in cannabis. Ooh, You must be great. Yeah, it's great. I built a company and I have a good thing for my family and, and we're doing just fine. You know, um,
1: yeah,
0: that's good. Good for us. But, you know, long term and sustainability. I mean, am I going to watch the, the these major companies come in and destroy yeah. uh, the last mom and pop uh, industry? Uh, the one of the potentially greatest mom and pop industries could be. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. I can't, I got to figure something out because they're, they're just, you know, they're just absolutely uh, coming in for the profit and they're coming in to rape and pillage and plunder and destroy. And I'm just like, dude. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, you know, see a lot more of that and it happened with um, it happened with prohibition. Like if you study prohibition, this is that nobody's going and buying homebrew from their neighbors. I mean, maybe it's a while, but it's not, you know, um, this is, this is the new time of the Kennedys and and the uprising of, of all these different companies. And it's going to take a while because cannabis has been such a mature market. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think if, if enough of these brands, legacy brands band together, you have your next, um, you know, you, you can survive it, but it will get corporatized. It's inevitable. Like, it's yeah, just-
0: yeah, it is. It is absolutely inevitable. Someone will figure out how to how to put it under yeah. an umbrella and keep it. It's whether or not um, you want to
1: participate in that market and can you build a business that's sustainable, that's privately held, um, where you can still have the autonomy to enjoy what you do um, within yeah. that structure, but to say
0: well that's what's kept me yeah. kept me a sole proprietor Me too. <laughs> yeah. you know I'm just like uh, yeah. that money sounds cool bro but yeah. I don't like the strings it took to that shit so I'm gonna I'm gonna just keep this little bit I
1: got yeah no and I did that for for 10 years I was the the fly on the wall to you know big companies people that were doing 20 30 40 50 million dollars in construction juggling yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars at any given time and when you're the fly on that wall like most people bury their partners in construction and so they'll get a grower and be like, "Yeah, hey, you own 50% of this thing. Don't worry about it." And by the time, you know, build out happens and and delays and all this other capital gets deployed, they get buried and they lose their equity because of it. So uh it 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 was just really negative seeing that over the years. Um, so I got, I finally had the ability to kind of pick and choose my clients and pick clients that were legacy operators that had their own funding and things like that. And I, I didn't grow my company for a lot of years for that reason because I wanted to be able to pick and choose and I didn't want to have to take whatever walked through the door. Um, so I got lucky enough with this project. I have, I have an investor and she's amazing. And, uh, and I have my business partner, Shorn. So you know, it's it's really just three kind of decision makers, and and there's a filtering process through that. But we do have the autonomy, um, and they share the same vision, and so that's what's important. It's I, I think not all money is bad money, but you have to really yeah. search to find good people with good, good intentions. You know.
0: Yeah, partners. You need to find partners, and I think. I think that um, that's what's been lacking, you know, it's cold, you know, it's, it's all calculated money. It's all designed around risk and value and blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 instead of vision and direction and, and idealism. And, and I know that you can't just be, you know, hundred percent idealistic, right. That doesn't fucking work either, but there's gotta be some mix in the between where you can, where you can be, you know, be who you are and, and build what you build and, and, and be a part of the community and, I think for me, because we we build, we, build, we source everything in the United States, so I buy I, everything that I can possibly buy from this country, I buy from this country. Um, we manufacture here in the United States, and we're America first. I mean, that's just how we believe about it, and that's what kind of – I grew up with the American dream concept,
1: yeah, right? Yeah,
0: I don't think anybody else has to do that. That's not what I'm saying, but what I am saying is like that's my ethos. That's what drives me. It makes me kind of like get excited. Yeah. And so – that's what I want to be involved in. How do I propagate that? How do I build? And I can't build it. I'm not a tiny little company. Like I can't build other than I can help other people, right? So I can help other companies be successful. Yeah. And so that's our mantra is like, I'm going to build you the best equipment that's going to work for you and it's going to continue to work for you. Yeah. It's going to do the, the work that you want done. And and and, and that's all that I can do um, in in that regard. But I haven't found anybody that's like, Okay, cool. I'm 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 happy with a slow and steady growth. I'll help you out, you know? It's yeah. most people like, well, it's just not, you know, you're not in the X Factor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not sexy. Yeah. It's like, ah oh, man, I know. It's, I know it's just it's like dirty work. I get it. You the know, growing's not sexy far. either. That's but uh, you know, they'll spend four hundred million dollars on a on a building with lights in it. Yeah. right. So I'm like yeah, whatever. But um anyway, I don't know it's an interesting con- a conundrum that we find ourselves in for the industry and hopefully you know hopefully companies like yours um, uh, and, and mine we can figure something out and help these people out but you know one other thing I, I think that this year um, I was doing a speech for for a veterans group and um, it was the first time I heard that we had we had actually uh, had a fall off in uh, in women in leadership in leadership roles so uh, in this industry and, and I I, it was a, it was a, um, it was a, an article and I think it was a percentage thing. So I'm wondering why, you know, because I mean, it's wonderful to have women in, but we've had women in, at the top of this industry since, since almost the beginning,
1: Yeah.
0: you know, and it's been really exciting, I think to have that. Um, uh, and, and then why are we, why are we losing that and what's happening?
1: And I, and I, yeah.
0: I don't know exactly what's happening, but it's,
1: I it's no unfortunate. To change. <laughs> I, I think it's a combination of things. Um, you know, I think that when this industry started, there wasn't really a ceiling, and so you could just come out with an edible company. It's like when I started Cultivo; I always started it to build my own world-class grow, and then overnight, buildings ballooned from you know five hundred grand to twenty million. And it was like I was never going to make that with an architectural design and construction management firm that, you know, didn't have, you know, a billion dollars of construction moving through it at any given time. And uh, so, you know, things get as things get more expensive and as people bring more investors in and big groups, there's usually groups of investors where you have, you know, five or six different people and then they pull in all their people and it's, it's usually guys. Um, and I'm someone that's very comfortable and happy working with men. It's just been my, my whole life. I don't know what I would do in a room full of women, honestly. Like I have some really amazing women that I work with, but, but there's kind of an an equal mix of it. Um, in construction, there's just, there's less than, I think 2% of trades is women in construction. So you take that and put it in cannabis. I'm really in this like unique microclimate of of their art. They're, I don't get women resume, women's resumes, uh, through through our our design build firm. Not for, you know, maybe for architecture engineering, but not for uh, like construction management. You just don't find a lot of that. Not to say it yeah. doesn't exist, but it's rare. Um, so yeah, I think we we are seeing a decline of that. And then I think it just is also you know, one of my friends told me, she was like, do you know why you don't, and she's very successful, like, you know why you don't see a lot of women billionaires? I was like, "No, why? It's like, because once women make, like, a few million bucks or a couple million bucks, and they have that kind of fuck you money, they don't want to continue fighting, where I think men are more, like, ego-driven. We don't give up. It's not about the money, like, they're like, when's the next round? Like, I I know guys that have, you know, 200 million dollars and there's they love the process of like jumping in the ring and it's actually about the fight it's not about the money um and you have to have really thick skin in this industry to kind of you know elbow your way through it and it's something I never planned to be in I just kind of ended up here and and now I'm here um but
0: I you're not just here you're 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 here I mean 18 (laughs) years is no joke that's That's significant in any industry.
1: But I had to fight for it. I got laughed out of a lot of rooms constantly for introducing technology that wasn't being used yet. And um, now it's the standard, you know, but I was still the one like laughed out of those rooms constantly. And you just have to kind of keep keep going back for more. And like you said, I have very thick skin Um, and it's it's not for the faint of heart. And you do it because you absolutely love it. And no other reason. It's not money. It's not Notoriety, like any of those things, like it has to be because you love it.
0: It does. I mean, it's uh, business. uh, I think uh, Cuban said it, you know, he, he doesn't, he, he realized he wasn't athletic enough to compete, but business, he can compete. Yeah. Right. So he, that's what he does. He competes. And um, I think that's, I mean, there's some of that that I I can totally relate to, but I've reached a point in my life where I'm like, you know, I have a direction, I have a goal, and I have things I want to do, I don't really care what other people are doing,
1: Yeah.
0: you know, I, I don't care, I don't look at what they do, sometimes I get irritated, I'll see somebody rip off one of my ideas, yeah. so I might get a little irritated, but I don't have time, yeah. like, it's like, really, I don't give a shit, I'm not going to spend my time, you know, plotting against some other company uh, to, to, to dominate, or to, you yeah. know, I mean, I don't have time, you get caught in a conversation like that, it's like, what are we doing? You know, I need to concentrate on us. You know, I need to I need to work on us. We've got a long way to go. Yeah. Let's you know, let's build. Let's continue to be who we are and be our brand and stuff like that. So I find that I find that you're you're probably really, actually on point with that statement. That, you know, it it's brutal and it just never ends. Like it doesn't matter how much you have, yeah. Because you're a competitor yeah. in the arena of business, so you're going to continue to knock everybody's teeth out <laughs>
1: yeah, <so laughs> until was, you get
0: your teeth knocked out.
1: <laughs> from like and in construction with cannabis, um, because nobody understands their, their numbers and there is no ceiling. You know, I'll <laughs> go in and I'm the honest one where I'm like, this is going to take $20 million to build. And then someone else will come in and be like, I could do it for five. And I'm sitting there looking at them going, okay, you're going to get change order after change order after, Oh, you want this? Do yeah. you? Did you want lights with that? Yeah. <laughs> like, you-
0: yeah. Well, that that five oh, is yeah. going to be thirty or thirty-five or forty.
1: yeah. And then I get the call yeah. six nine months later, and they're like, "You are <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't do yeah. it." I know five billion. I'm like, yeah. Like, like I can't even cover your bond.
0: <laughs> yeah, can't even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, oh, you see, yeah. I, I get a lot of companies or people approaching me with ideas, or they have products, and it's the same thing. It's like. Well, this is going to be this big in this market space And I'm like, okay. All right, great. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. And if it is that big, I'm all in and I'm going to do I'll do everything I can cuz that's like 15,000 times bigger than I am right yeah. now. So I'm going to buy into that. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, what you're telling me is bigger than all cannabis supply side. Yeah. Combined. So, <laughs> Don't think your little product is going to do that.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing your numbers is key, and That's what, you know, I, I've been into where it's 120, $200 a square foot to build. And then I've been in other facilities, literally apples to apples, same facility, $450 a square. And it's it yeah. the decisions that you made along the way. So it, it's a disservice to just go in and milk people when you've yeah. got the taxes, you've got this, you've got that. By the time that person comes out the other line with the cannabis pricing, whether it's a contractor charging three x because it's a cannabis or you know, yeah. a doctor supply company, um, you know, you can have two buildings next door to each other, and I can clock on my spreadsheet when the guy that spent four fifty a square foot is going out of business. Like it's yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, these are all numbers at the end of the day, and yeah. unfortunately, you have to have the experience behind it to know those numbers um and and not a lot of people do because everybody's new to the industry right
0: (laughs) well i mean yeah well that's i mean that's just that's just business in general and i and i think it's so funny because i i've been in front of a investor groups multiple times and you know and and uh i now have a much more realistic idea of how things will work and can work but you know initially i had no idea and that's how these people approach they're like you know what's well, cannabis it's it's worth X and it's like yeah maybe but let's let's be realistic let's talk about what how, how many how many actually dispensaries are there in the United States how many grows are in the United States if you're selling to a business that's your client base you know it's not fifty thousand yeah right it's not a hundred thousand it ain't ten million you know what I mean it ain't three hundred million right there's people get this idea like <laughs> yeah there's so much. I was like, there's only 112 million people in the country who use cannabis. Yeah. You've got a limited scope here, right? Yeah. There is a limit. So, but people get this pie in the sky thing like, oh, well, this is the best thing that's going to change. It's, you know, that's not, that's not how it works. And you don't understand what the cost is to get it. Like the cost to get a product for me is the same thing you're talking about. Like the cost to get a building up, the cost to get a product out my door is, is stunning. Yeah. You know, it's a stunning investment. Yeah. And I'm like, so I can give you a percentage of what we'll earn. It's a really small percentage, but I'm doing all the work I'm going to do. I'm going to take all the pain from you. Yeah. You know, and people just they have this pie in the sky that it's just weird. It, you know, it's it's not weird. It's normal yeah. for somebody to have the big balloon eyes and. eyes and think that the world is going to be all you know it's
1: exciting and it's a
0: rainbows and gumdrops it's a
1: sexy business and everybody you know is really excited which is is nice to see because when you've been doing it for so long you kind of lose that exuberance and and uh you become a bit jaded because you've you've seen the reality for years and years well, it's I business. Like, the reality is yeah, it still works. I like to keep those people around me because it keeps me excited. But then I feed like, off
0: of their energy, I'm
1: down to reality at the same time. Yeah. I'm like, okay, like let's Just look.
0: Fully suck all their energy yeah. off. Suck them dry. Luckily you know.
1: there's analytics companies now, right? Where it'll tell you the state market share of, of what's going on. So I would always ask like new clients, you know, okay, this is what the state sold last year. This is your jurisdiction. This is your kind of reach. What percent of market share do you think that you can garner from that? And they're like, all of it. I'm going to get it all. I'm like, it took X company, you know, five years and a hundred million dollars to get fifteen percent. <laughs> Let's go to one percent. Like, can we? Yeah, yeah. One two percent of the market share.
0: Can Can you survive over there? How
1: big's your sales team? You know, how many doors do they have? Like, there's.
0: Oh my you know, god. When you start
1: drilling down, like I think that that people appreciate that because you know, no one wants to be wrong at the end of the day, standing there going, okay, I need 20 more million to finish this thing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And we saw that. I mean, I saw that early because when I was doing my initial, uh, you know, funding, which we, I did, I got $150,000 to start my business. That's all I've ever gotten. Yeah, I know. I was like, yes, I paid it off too. So we're good. (laughs) But, but to have these conversations with people and then we, oh yeah, well, you're in the right place. They tell me this all the time. Oh, you're, you're, you're just like Levi's, man. Picks and shovels is the right place to be. I'm like, well, where's your money? Oh, I'm going to grow. <laughs> and six months later, like, how's that grow going? Uh, I keep putting money in it. Like, Yeah, good. Okay, tell me when you start making any, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it's rare that early investors in any of those projects make money. Um, it's wait till they sell out, and then they make it a little bit on their exit. And it's finally, you know, a couple of owners down the road, and they – they got it together, and they figured it out. And they're starting to get pace, and they're starting to make revenues. And you're like,
1: I mean, it was yeah, hard so. before taxes, right? Like growing, yeah. You get crop loss, you get robbed, you get all kinds of things. Happening, like, <laughs> and and even in those with without any taxes at all, like if you lost a crop, you could lose your whole livelihood. You know, it, it, it's have yeah. seen it happen. So we really yes. do need to treat it like farming. We need to stop being over egregious with the taxes we need yeah. to include the industry in the conversation when you're forming policy.
0: Absolutely. I, I, you know, and I think that other States are doing exactly that, you know, and I think, um, you know, California just happens to be full of insanity. And nobody's um, perfect.
1: They all have their issues. No. I'm not saying the, the grass is no. green or anywhere else, but in terms of
0: it might policy
1: be. makers you know, <laughs> paying attention and, and, and listening, like, I've managed to get policy literally changed overnight where you go in and you go, this doesn't make sense. Why do we have a 3000 plant count limit (laughs) on plants? You know, this is the market share. This is what it looks like. This is how many plants a facility needs to have. Where did you guys get this number? Well, we didn't know. So we just felt like we had to put something down. And so, okay, here's why. And then, all right, that goes away next, you know, and it's easy. It just makes sense. There's, there's different...
0: Well, I mean, if you can get somebody to open up and listen... Yeah, usually. Because the the numbers don't lie. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're pretty accurate, you know. But it's hard to get that person to listen because they have this... You know?
1: Oh, it's magic money! This cash <laughs> register going in the back. Yeah. Ching! Um, ding, 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 ding. Yeah.
0: That's right. <laughs> uh, well, listen, I mean... I, I don't know. Maybe we could do this again sometime because I think there's a, probably a lot that we didn't cover. But I really appreciate the opportunity. It's wonderful to talk to somebody who's, who's successful, and especially in this industry, um, you know, 18 years is, is a is a huge, huge uh, amount of longevity in this in this industry, um, because of you know, just it's not that old for people who you know it really isn't that old. So for you to be uh, uh, successful for long period of time it was great. So congratulations to you for that. Thank you. Um, it was a great talking to you. We'll get your information so that we get it out, you know, um, whatever you want to have picture. I think Marco get probably already got that, your bio whatever you want and links of course on social. And then when he gets it done, we'll post it all up. Great. And then send you a link to it. Um, if I don't think we covered anything that would be proprietary, but if you have any concerns at all, you just let us know. Okay. Um, and, and I'd like to invite you out if you, if you want to come out or if you find yourself in Vegas, you need to look me up, um, and come out and see the shop and just, you know, uh, cause I think, um, uh, I think you'd appreciate it for one thing. And also I think that there's an opportunity for possibly talking further about, you know, you know, doing some work in California, Absolutely. um, we're, we're working really hard to try and figure that out. Right. You know, I've got, I've got my team involved in it and. Um, we're trying to reach out to see if there's other people that want to help and play in that role and we've got some potential partners but you know these things are you know getting that commitment where it's like, okay Rubber meets the road time, you know, what are we going to do? Um, and, th- and that's what we're, that's what we're lacking is just a little bit of that kind of getting it actually done. Yeah, you know yep. so
1: Okay, well, yeah I'm happy to talk with you further about the equipment we have going into this building and um you know, possible future expansion. We're just starting with, you know, a few skews, um, Sure. six or seven.
0: Well, good skews, though. I mean, that was really that's that's an intelligent way to go about it. I think that's a good good opportunity to go about it. So yeah, you'll be yeah. successful. We'll
1: expand into.
0: Well, you are like, successful. Other,
1: other items, right? It wasn't always that way. I mean, I was no, it, of course of not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I thought I thought you were born that way. Isn't that how it works? So <laughs> people are just born rich and successful. No. No. I mean, some people are born rich, yeah, but they're not necessarily born successful. It takes a little bit. <laughs> cool. I'll send you an email too uh, so that you have my direct contact.
1: Okay, perfect. Thank you for your time. Awesome. and
0: Autumn, thanks so much.
1: Thanks for having me. That was fun. Great. All right.
0: Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you all for joining this week's podcast. You can check us out at GreenBros.com and all the socials at GreenBros.